Hello and welcome back to Panem, a podcast about Paris, the people who've lived here, the events that have taken place and the traces they've left behind. Now, last time we took a walk in the steps of the Templars and the curse that brought down the Capetian dynasty. But while I was delving into medieval Paris and this family, I discovered that perhaps they were not so lucky to begin with and that one inauspicious date stands out, the 13th of October. Because it was on the 13th of October, 1307, that Philip IV, known as Le Bel the Fair, put into motion his plan to arrest the Knights Templar, resulting in the subsequent burning of Jacques de Molay for heresy and, of course, that famous curse which possibly saw them all die out. But 176 years earlier... On the very same day, so October the 13th, 1131, another tragedy befell the Capet family. Because it was on this day that their heir to the throne died in a tragic accident. The king, Louis VI, was known as Le Gros, the Fat, which is not really very kind. And to be honest, he doesn't look that fat in pictures. It speaks perhaps to Parisians' obsession with thinness that clearly dates back at least 900 years. Anyway, Louis' son, Philippe, who was only 15 at the time, was riding back to Paris from Vincennes with a group of his friends when tragedy struck. Before we get into it, let us take a moment to step back in time and imagine, if we can a little, the scene. 12th century Paris was of course not the wide boulevards and paved streets of today. Back then, sewers and plumbing were still centuries off, meaning that the streets themselves were full of... Well, I'm sure you can imagine. Or maybe you can't. Anyway, although the population of Paris was much smaller than it is today, it was nonetheless very dense and very crowded. Paris was dirty and stinky. Refuse, both of animal and human, made the already narrow and winding, unpaved streets slippery with mud, which was made worse in the rain, full of the fetid effluence of daily life. And industries such as tanneries and butchers also added to this and made it quite disgusting. Now, although it's not written at the same time and is fiction and not a contemporary account, I would love to just read you a little excerpt from Perfume by Patrick Suskind, which some of you might already know. You might have read the book or seen the film. It's absolutely fantastic. But he describes Paris and very much the smells of Paris in this opening chapter. And I just think it's fantastic to sort of get us in the mood. In the period of which we speak, there reigned in the cities a stench barely conceivable to us modern men and women. The streets stank of manure, the courtyards of urine, the stairwells stank of mouldering wood and rat droppings, the kitchens of spoiled cabbage and mutton fat, the unaired parlours stank of stale dust, the bedrooms of greasy sheets, damp feather beds, and the pungently sweet aroma of chamber pots. The stench of sulphur rose from the chimneys, the stench of caustic lye from the tanneries and from the slaughterhouses came the stench of congealed blood. People stank of sweat and unwashed clothes. From their mouths came the stench of rotting teeth, from their bellies that of onions and from their bodies, if they were no longer very young, came the stench of rancid cheese and sour milk and tumorous diseases. The rivers stank, 
The marketplaces stank, the churches stank, it stank beneath the bridges and in the palaces. The peasants stank as did the priests, the apprentice as did his master's wife. The whole of the aristocracy stank, even the king himself stank, stank like a rank lion and the queen like an old goat, summer and winter. For in the 18th century, there was nothing to hinder bacteria busy at decomposition, and so there was no human activity, either constructive or destructive, no manifestation of germinating or decaying life that was not accompanied by stench. And of course, the stench was foulest in Paris. What a brilliant description. That was 18th century Paris, well, uh, according to Suskind, but, you know, medieval Paris, I think, was pretty close and pretty smelly. The streets, as well as being quite narrow and, of course, full of all sorts of things, were full of people and animals. So you had people on foot, you had people um, transporting goods around, as well as people on horseback. And you'd see animals, so all sorts of animals, and particularly pigs. Now, pigs were essential because they essentially did the work of refuse collectors. They would go through the rubbish and eat things and kind of free up some of those streets. So they were ubiquitous. You'd find them all around the city. But on this particular day, as the young heir to the throne neared his home on the Rue Matroy-Saint-Jean, which is no longer here, but is more or less between the Hôtel de Ville and the Seine, out from a pile of rubbish jumped a black pig, which ran between his horse's legs. It caused the horse to rear and throw the young man to the ground. He fell with such force that he died of his injuries. And so... A pig changed the fate of France. The crown, which was meant to be his, had actually even already been coronated, which was a tradition at the time, so the king, who was actually the king, would be coronated along with the heir, so that's why it's a pig who killed a king rather than a prince, um, was now going to pass to his younger brother, Louis. But Louis had not been planning to be king. He had expected to go into the church, and so he had been studying church and church doctrine this whole time. And now, of course, his life would radically change. The king, their father, was absolutely devastated. I've seen it written, quote, even Homer himself would not have been able to adequately express the extent and depth of grief and sadness that swept over his father and mother and the magnates of the kingdom. So he's having a really hard time. But he also blamed himself. He felt that such an ignoble death of his oldest son at the hands, well, at the trotters of a pig, might even be a sign that God was displeased with him and his reign. I mean, it's one thing for your son to die, for the heir to the throne to die. That happened. People died all the time. It was the Middle Ages. But death by a pig felt meaningful. This is the 12th century, and pigs were often seen as a symbol of evil, even the devil, and at the very least as dirty and commonplace, not at all the kind of animal to be associated with royalty. So the king did a lot to atone for this sin and gave a lot of money to churches and the clergy and I think just tried to repent and lead a very good life. As to the pig itself, well, it got quite a lucky escape. Because not then, but at least from the 13th to the 16th century, there are numerous records of animals actually being put on trial for lesser crimes and regicide and sentenced usually to death. 
There were even records of executioners being paid for carrying out this duty. Now, of all the animals, it was most often pigs that seemed to be in the docks for doing wrong, but other animals and even insects made an appearance. Pigs usually got into trouble for hurting children or eating things they should not. So, for example, in 1386 in Normandy, a pig was put on trial for the murder of a child. The pig was found guilty and hung. While, famously, another pig in 1457, also in France, was again sentenced for killing a child. Now, with the pig had been her six piglets, but no witnesses saw the piglets commit the crime and the judge considered that these piglets had been mothered clearly by a pig with no morals and also they were very young and unable to make good choices, decided to exonerate them. Today, it's both curious, fascinating, silly, funny to imagine people putting animals on trial. Why did they do it? Could it be that maybe they wanted to send a message to the owner of the animal, telling them to keep them under better control? I don't really think so, because a trial is expensive. And when I say a trial, there was a judge, there was defence, there were, you know, witnesses... It was quite costly, so it doesn't seem that they were really trying to punish the owner, although of course the owner was punished by losing their animals. It might be a way of trying to demonstrate that all living creatures have to bow down to the rules of the land. But there is another idea put forward that I read, which is that people in this period were living very closely with animals and rearing them and seeing them in some ways as individuals, maybe even with agency. I don't think we should put animals on trial. I don't think animals can understand. I don't think that they have agency in that same way. But I do think there is something cruel about the way we think of animals as objects now and obviously raise them in factory farms, which is pretty awful. So maybe there was something kind of great about putting animals on trial. Anyway, let's get back to our king. So Louis Le Corps did not put this pig on trial, but like I said, spent a lot of his time trying to support the church and repent and trying to wipe away the shame from his family name. Of course, upon his death, the crown now went to Louis, who would become Louis VII, also known as the Young. Since he'd not been planning to be king, he hadn't really prepared for this. This had not been what he had been planning and he had not anticipated this role. And by all accounts, he didn't make a great king. He made some terrible decisions, including going on a catastrophic and expensive crusade which saw much loss and little gain. He married Eleanor of Aquitaine, which was incredibly impressive. If you know anything about Eleanor, she is one of the women of the 12th century. And she came not only with fabulous wealth, but an incredible amount of land. But after 12 years of marriage, they still had no male heir. So despite advice against it, he ended up annulling their marriage and thus losing the wealthy and very large region of Aquitaine. Who did he lose it to? Well, Eleanor got remarried to an English king. And so this land went to England. And this essentially laid down the foundations for an incredibly long war. Some people even call it the First Hundred Years' War. Eleanor would also then go on to have five sons, not to mention three daughters. Oh, and one of her sons was Richard the Lionheart, so... But that's a different story. Louis also managed to get excommunicated. So really, on the spiritual, military, financial and even emotional level, he was not doing great. He lost money, land, a crusade, respect, time, you name it, Louis lost it. But what could you expect 
of a king who owned his crown to a lowly pig. Despite his best efforts, it seemed his reign was beset by troubles. Some of them coming from problems of the time, some of them maybe coming from his personality. But I wonder if his older brother Philip would have been so great. I've seen it written he was proud and tyrannical. Maybe the pig saved France from a worse fate. I mean, stranger things have happened. So what happened in the end to Louis? Well, he too remarried and finally did have a son, who he named Philip, because of course he did. He lived his whole life in the shadow of his dead brother. That Philip was Philip Auguste, and we can still see remnants of his protective wall that once surrounded most of Paris. He, unlike his father, was a much more successful king. As to Louis, well, during his reign, something that he did do was he took the fleur de lys and the colour blue to become the colours and the symbol of France and the French monarchy. So it's thanks to him that we can chant Allez les bleus at football matches today. Or perhaps it's thanks to that pig. Thank you so much for listening. If you've enjoyed the show, then leave me a comment, send me a message. You can check out Instagram and my website for, you know, pictures and all that kind of stuff. And I hope to speak to you soon. If you want to join the show, you can find me on Patreon. And a massive thank you to Dan, who is my latest supporter. Thank you so much. It really means the world. I hope you're all doing really well. Take care of yourselves. Bye-bye. Allez, allez, allez